Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the Whatever Podcast, episode number 10. We made it all the way to 10. Uh, this week, we're talking about all kinds of cool stuff, uh, including Matt's DC Convergence recap, the Jurassic World movie review, um, some Ghostbusters leaks and details, some uh, Daredevil casting rumors, Final Fantasy VII, more Batman vs. Superman shots, and a whole bunch more. So, uh, yeah, what's new? Not a ton, man. Um, I actually have the first whatever bonus episode recorded as well. Um, Bryce and I drank some beer and talked a lot of baseball the other night, so we we recorded it, and I gotta I gotta flesh it out. And um, it's like two and a half hours long, and the first hour is baseball. The second hour, I planned on talking about like Kevin Smith stuff because he's really super into that, and uh, it was a clusterfuck. <laughs> I don't even know if I'm going to include the second hour. Like, I may just give you the first hour and go from there. <laughs> yeah, that happens. Um, like, we couldn't stay on topic, and it was bad. Yeah, because of course we do such a good job of staying on topic. Uh, you know, for the most part, we kind of have a little bit of a running order, and yeah. in this case, it was just completely off the cuff and like. I'm the most non sequitur person on the face on the face of the planet. So if I think we're <laughs> fucking off, we're fucking off. <laughs> Wait, yeah, um, way off. Yeah. Anything new with you? Uh, nope, not really. Um, yeah, let's get to the show. Right on. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you're full of you're full of shit. Your wife had a birthday. Oh, that's true. My wife's old now. Um, well, older. She's super excited to remember that birthday yesterday, Sunday. That was fun. Sunday. Yeah. Today's Tuesday, huh? Anyway, yeah, wife had a birthday. Um, and I think that's about all. There's 4th of July. You have a good 4th? Um, well, you probably can't see it, but, like, there's a disgusting burn on my finger right there. Awesome. Because I was trying to light a sparkler for one of my kids, and it took forever and then all of a sudden it like shot out this blowtorch like flare and tried to cut <laughs> my finger off with fire perfect it's fine though I'd, as long as the gangrene doesn't set in i think we'll be all right yeah we went to um corvallis they do a show down on the river um and we were actually kind of disappointed because usually we go to independence but uh this year we didn't think we'd have time to make it all the way down there usually when you go to independence you end up ha- if you don't get there at like noon you have to park like three miles away because it's a tiny little town, and there's nothing. It's not designed for this type of event at all. But it's such a big deal there that the Fourth of July, the whole town is just packed. I mean, you're packed literally three, three or four miles away from the event itself. Um, so anyway, we went to Corvallis, and it was kind of disappointing because the Corvallis show was only about fifteen minutes, and the fireworks aren't as good. But like I was telling Ashley, like if your name is Independence, you kind of have to have a kick-ass Fourth of July show. Otherwise, you're just letting everybody down. Agreed. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um, we didn't go to a fireworks show. Did a family reunion uh, for a few hours. Actually, we stayed there a lot longer than we were expecting to. It ended up being slightly more fun than it usually is. Um, not that my family's like a downer, but like a lot of them are super old, or they're like third and fourth cousins whom I like. It takes me longer to realize how I'm related to them than it <laughs> does for me to realize that I have zero in common with them. Yeah. So, so. Yeah. But it, anyway, it ended up being pretty pretty fun um, for for the most part. And then we came back and went to the store, and I I barbecued up some some brats on the grill, and then we we blew my fingers off. So perfect. Oh, uh, that before was, you... that was the sum total of the excitement. What's up? Be- before we go too far, too, I should apologize. I have one of those little window box air conditioners in the background that's probably going to be noisy as shit the whole episode. And I'm sorry, but it's it's hotter than balls, so I'm not turning it off. No, I, I, I don't disagree with that. I'm actually down here in my climate-controlled living room. Perfect. Which, you know, you could be too if you didn't remember to get gas today. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, so you want to talk about Jurassic World? Um, yeah, let's do that because, um, it's still fresh in your mind. So sort of ish. Yeah. So I, uh, I saw Jurassic world last week, um, at the drive-in, which is actually fun. We haven't, been, I haven't been to a drive-in since I was a kid. So, um, really enjoyed that except for, of course, my kids were a pain in the asses. And, uh, surprisingly, both of my kids have seen Jurassic park. And I think both of the kids have also seen Jurassic park too. 
Um, and they were just fine with that. But Ellie, about four minutes in, you know, when the guy, uh, the first guy gets eaten by the uh, Indominus, just would not watch the movie anymore. She was, can we go home? So she ended up just sitting back in the back of her, uh, um, the car, playing the Kindle the whole time. Um, but yeah, though, otherwise it was super awesome. So, so what'd you think of the movie? Um, I really liked it. Um, my honest to goodness feeling of it is that if the first movie didn't exist to set everything up, obviously we wouldn't have the franchise that we have. So I kind of have to keep it up at the top, you know, as far as, you know, which movies I prefer, but the new one honestly is probably the best movie out of all of them. And ironically, it's the only one that isn't actually taken from the books or pieces of the books that didn't make it into the first two movies and such. So, uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I don't think I'm quite that high on it. Uh, I still think the the first movie, Jurassic Park, is is the, my favorite by far. Um, but yeah, this one was actually at least on par with Jurassic Park. I thought because um, I I didn't really like Lost World and I didn't really like uh, Jurassic Park three uh, much at all. But this movie was pretty good, and I think you're right. If if uh, it, we started with Jurassic World, I think we could still end up with a pretty big franchise out of it because it was a good movie. That said. Uh, there were some things that really pissed me off about the movie. Um, like, for example, uh, InGen, like, there's no way, like, that InGen could exist in the real world because they're, they're, like, comically negligent. Like, there's so many ways that, you know, Jurassic Park, could, the, the movies and stuff could never happen if there was, like, anybody on the whole safety team at all, like, there. Um, the other thing that drove me nuts that, that they didn't really, um, this is going to be a little bit spoilery but that they didn't really cover it all is it's kind of the heroine's the heroine's fault. I forget what her freaking name was. Um, Ron uh, Howard's daughter. Yeah. Ron Howard's daughter. It's kind of her fault. Like in the beginning, they're like, we got to close the park and evacuate. And she's like, nah, we'll be fine. And uh, 10 minutes later, her assistant gets eaten or something like that. So yeah, that, that, part Oh no, it, it was totally, it was totally kind of her fault. Yeah. That that part kind of pissed um, me off, especially because now we're in this series so far that we have history, and they're like, "Oh yeah, what's ever gone wrong with Jurassic Park? Oh right, everything, everything goes wrong with this fucking thing all the time." But no, we're good. Keep going. Yeah, no, everything ever has gone wrong. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I think that, uh, I think there's the the engine thing. Yeah, I mean that's, but that could be said from the first five minutes of the first movie forward you know what i mean like yeah the the dude the dude gets sucked into the thing while they're trying to put the raptor in the enclosure and like dies instantly in in that little opening sequence so yeah that that in itself is see and and some of that i could give them because like when you go back to jurassic park like they don't really know how to deal with dinosaurs and shit like that and they don't really know what the dinosaurs are capable of um and you know it's kind of like a zoo where sorry like as long as we have zeus some people are gonna die like some you know small minuscule number of people are gonna die it's not like you need to be afraid to go to the zoo but i'm sure handlers get eaten by tigers occasionally and things like that so okay that's fine for jurassic world or jurassic park but now we're to jurassic world where we still don't really have proper audience protection from you know the giant scary ass dinosaurs and they still do ridiculously stupid things with the whole genetics crossbreeding thing um, like the whole fact that the Indominus exists. Um, so, yeah. The Indominus Rex is what we're talking about there. If you haven't seen the movie yet, that is sort of the new big bad um, dinosaur in the movie. Anywho. So anyway, I think we left off where I was bitching about uh, InGen being like the dumbest company ever. Um, and Criminally stupid. Yeah. And, and Bryce Dallas Howard being uh, also sort of criminally negligent. With the death of many on her hands. Yeah, no, um, definitely I agree on that end. There's, there's some really key pieces in that movie, though, that to me were, like, rock solid. Number one, probably one of the funniest interactions ever is, um, and I don't remember his name because, you know, he only became important kind of toward the end. Mm-hmm. But um, the little tech dude you know, in their, in their control station. Yeah. When he wore his Jurassic Park shirt, 
and and she totally called him out on it and she was like you know, a little distasteful isn't it you know that kind of a thing and he was like eh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that they also had a moment at the end where he's like uh going in for the kiss and they're all and she was like yeah i have a boyfriend <laughs> like yeah so anti i wasn't really sure that was serious because yeah. you know you don't talk about him <laughs> yeah but I, I love that part um even the kids actually it was surprising because um the kids were laughing at some of that stuff too um which i thought was pretty cool speaking of the kids um the kids in this movie didn't seem nearly as stupid as i think the kids in the first movie yeah i mean you had the dinosaur expert little boy in the first one and then you know his big sister who was the computer expert and all that good stuff but like in this one, they acted more like kids really do, where, like, their parents are possibly getting divorced, and, like, the teenager's just like, whatever, I'm gonna mack off some chicks. Yeah. And, like, the kid is just like, hey, I'm here, quit macking on chicks because I feel neglected, and he's like, fuck you, go on rides. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, they, so, they finally nailed that, yeah, just like the real world. Um, yeah. Like, that, uh, um, that interaction was pretty good. They, uh, the other thing I, I didn't like that felt entirely forced to me was the whole romance subplot with uh chris pratt and ron howard's daughter that that i thought they yeah, that, just that, left that out of the movie and it was like been left out yeah yeah i don't i don't think it was all that important to it i mean other than the fact that they got to walk off into the sunset together at the end yeah spoiler um yeah no, a couple of other key she... pieces though that i really enjoyed there was a lot of bullshit um, going on before I went and saw this, you know, paleontologists who had seen it that were disappointed in, in how the dinosaurs were portrayed and this, that, and the other thing. But apparently yeah. they didn't actually watch the movie because there's that, that key piece uh, kind of toward the end where Dr. Wu is explaining, hey, these things aren't even supposed to look like this. This is what you wanted me to do. Yeah. Kind of a thing. Um, which, I mean, was that line of dialogue there probably specifically to quash those kinds of statements yeah obviously but they at least acknowledged it you know what i mean i think part in in um as this evolves we're finding out the things we thought like our dinosaurs that we thought existed don't or didn't like i'm i might get this wrong but i think the brontosaur we've since discovered isn't a real thing like somebody were, was basically putting together a, a, a couple of different dinosaurs to get to the brontosaur um so that I thought was kind of a nod to that too of like, yeah, you're seeing this shit that's not really factually ac accurate, but you know, that's, that's why like velociraptors, uh, velociraptors aren't supposed to be that tall. Um, and they're covered brothers. Yeah. Velociraptors are, are much smaller. Um, but that's, you know, it wouldn't be that scary if they were kicking around little chickens, um, essentially. So th that was actually kind of a funny thing from the first movie. They were like, would a big, would a chicken have a claw like this? And, in reality, they were probably closer to the size of a chicken than a man, so I thought that was kind of funny. <laughs> I don't know. I, I I haven't actually done the done the Velociraptor math, but uh, no, I mean, I, I I think it is what it is as far as uh, a, a combination. I mean, it, it Jurassic Park and any of the movies that followed were never supposed to be paleontology, you know they're they're not factual documentaries they're oh, yeah. entertainment movies so um i did like the nods back to the first ones uh the jurassic park t-shirt on the one dude um to start with when the kids wandered in through that door when they were trying to get away from the indominus yeah um and realized that like when once you realize as an audience member that they're standing in the visitor center from the first movie like that part kind of gave me goosebumps a little bit that was pretty cool yeah i, re I really like that part too like i i, I kind of you know, did the girly squee a little bit, you know, and, and was turning to Ashley like, "Do you you know where they're at, right?" Um, so yeah, that part was a lot of fun, and and I really liked. Um, didn't realize how quickly it, it hit me, but the uh, hearing the Jurassic Park music again, and for some, and I'm sure it's been in all of the movies, but it seemed to fit here a lot better. So, like I said, I feel like this is kind of a lot more faithful to the original than the um, other two were. So. Or it gives me a lot more of that nostalgia. John Williams factor. actually didn't do the music for Jurassic Park three, so yeah, hmm. um, it's been a long time since we've seen Jurassic Park with with the John Williams score. But um, yeah, the other one too, the the other piece that I noticed was the T Rex at the end is the mm -hmm. same T Rex from 
Jurassic Park. He's got the scar marks, like the claw marks from the raptors at the end of the, oh, of the really? first movie and everything in the exact same spots. Yeah. I didn't notice that. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I say he, it's, it's a, it's a she, obviously, if it's from the first movie, but yeah. Um, I got a 20 year old T-Rex. There were some pieces of the movie that I thought were a little bit contrived, obviously, um, the the refusal of the other um, Jurassic Park experts uh, to acknowledge what else was in the Indominus besides, you know, the T-Rex and stuff. Like, to me, it became obvious before they ever even really got to that point that oh, there yeah. was a Velociraptor in there. Like, it was um, it was completely obvious to me as soon as he said that there's like mystery meat inside of that particular dinosaur. I was like, oh well, it's Velociraptor because you're all fucking retards. And of course, we wouldn't put any extra protections or anything like that because we're all fucking retards. You're like, yeah. That that part actually that was another thing that kind of bugged me. Like, granted, there wouldn't be much of a plot if they actually had some you know conscience about the whole thing. But anyway, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, it's part Velociraptor, and then he sees the scratch marks on the thing. He's like, no, don't worry, it's still in there. It's just trying to trick us. Yeah. End of movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, what about the bullshit probe? Like, how big was that fucking probe? That thing was, like, the size of a human head, like the little tracking beacon. Oh, yeah. I, I uh... Like, like, we don't have technology to make it super tiny. Yeah, that part really drove me nuts, too, because there's... There wasn't really any good reason for that. Unless, um, was it supposed to uh, help control the dinosaur? Like, I don't remember if, I, uh, if I'm if i remembering this wrong or just making it up in my head. But I thought it might uh supposed to also function kind of like a stun gun. But I, I could just I be misremembering that know. entirely. I don't think so. But even still, like, again, why, why wouldn't you put that, like, in a place where the dinosaur can't reach it, like... For one, I mean, there there are some physics here where the dinosaur couldn't get to it. And B, yeah, the an actual chip like that that would go in there, you know, like they have them for dogs with the little RFID things, um, is like the size of a, a dime. You know, they made this, you know, basketball size. Of course, it's going to piss the dinosaur off. That part, I thought, yeah. it didn't explain really well, but I, I didn't think that the dinosaur was all like, oh, they're tracking me using this shit. I'll tear that out. I thought it was probably just like, what the fuck is in my back? Like, get this out of my back. And and use it for that, so or that's why it came out. So, yeah. So anyway, uh, quite a few logical holes in the movie, but still super fun. Definitely would go see it. Yeah. No, it was it was a, it was a fun 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 film. So um, yeah, go go see it. Um, enjoy it. Tell us we're stupid if we're stupid, or if we're not stupid, and you tell us that, we'll tell you to fuck off. Whatever, it's fine. Yeah. That's how the internet works. Um, I guess we should jump into some more movie crap since we're here. Uh, we got, uh, Paul Fage unveiling some Ghostbusters stuff, uh, uniforms and Proton Pack. Proton Pack actually isn't a huge, huge step away from the original Proton Packs. Neither are the uniforms really from what I could tell. Yeah, actually, um, I really like the, the Proton Pack. Um, it is just different enough uh, but still close enough to the original that it, it, it definitely feels more like an homage, you know, sort of. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I really like the shot of the new Proton Pack. Plus, I mean, I guess if we have costumes, I mean, I guess that means we're we're closer yeah. to actually, you know, filming and getting getting a new Ghostbusters. I was, I was kind of starting to think that Ghostbusters um, was going to be, like, you know the Chinese democracy of, of, <laughs> of 80s movie franchises. Like we just weren't ever going to get one. And then all of a sudden it was just going to happen. But um, it doesn't, it doesn't seem to have taken quite that long since they first started talking about it. Um, I don't know. I don't have a problem with the direction they went. Like, I don't, I don't really care that it's all girls. I don't really care that it's more of a reboot at, at this point. I don't care so long because as it's honestly, good. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I don't think we necessarily need to reboot everything, but when you have a problem getting people on board along with a script that everyone who has any kind of say in it, you know, is in approval of, 
um, yeah. then you kind of go a different direction. And that's what they did. And I'm sorry that we're not going to see Bill Murray, but at the same time, I'm not sorry we're getting new Ghostbusters. So, Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, check out the pics. We'll uh, link them in the show notes. Um, but yeah, I, I was pretty yeah. pleased by both of those. So, uh, so, more movie crap. We've got some more stills from uh, Batman vs. Superman um, from their Entertainment Weekly shoot. Um, we've got five shots, approximately. We see one um, with, uh, I want to say, uh, Zuckerberg is um, um, Lex Luthor, because I can't remember his real name. <laughs> God damn it. With hair. With hair. Does that, is that Eisenberg. not strange? Eisenberg. Jesse Eisenberg, yeah. Um, yeah, is it a wig though? Um, well, first off, it looks like a wig in the shot. Um, I, I'm expecting that uh, him losing his hair is a plot point, it, if not a small one. You know, I'm expecting it's due to some sort of fallout gotcha. from the first movie, but I could be totally wrong. We got another shot: um, crowd surrounding Superman, um, with Superman looking all godlike, which I think is going to be a big theme of the movie. Kinda. Kind of looks like it might be November first, judging by the Day of the Dead face man or face paint on yeah. the crowd around him. We got ba- um, Batman in the tank suit standing next to the bat symbol. Again, see that? Yeah, that's that's the bat light. I should say. Wicked. Yeah, and and I didn't really like the the uh, symbol that they went with this time. I, I've never really been a big fi- fan of the Dark Knight symbol, which this is uh, a little bit of an homage to. I think. Um, but still a little bit different. But I gotta say, it looks totally awesome here. So, yeah. yeah well, I mean, I, I'm looking at it as a whole, not necessarily focusing on the symbol, but just just Batman in the tank suit standing next to the the bat bat signal is pretty pretty rad to me. Yeah. Um, what do you think of Bruce Wayne, man? I think actually this is probably gonna. Well, I don't know. We'll see. This is the best looking Bruce Wayne. This is the closest to the comic book or, or the way i envision bruce wayne um so we'll Got see a little bit of gray on the temples yeah yeah and again still kind of leaning towards an older batman which i like um i think that's an interest a more interesting way because we've seen a, a lot of different ways already um but yeah this this bruce wayne definitely does look a lot like bruce wayne so i'm excited for that yeah yeah so um I'm gonna I'm gonna rant a little bit here. Um, it has actually nothing to do with Dawn of Justice and everything to do with all the bullshit that I've been reading about Ben Affleck and how he needs to get his act together and this that and the other thing. And uh, Entertainment Weekly posted a picture of him looking like he just got fucking drugged through hell when he was on his way to get coffee this morning or yesterday morning or whatever. And you know the dudes get a divorce. Why oh, yeah. at this point doesn't really matter just leave the fucking dude alone like he's he's going through enough right now and um you know take it from a guy who's been through a divorce no matter whose idea it is or whose fault it is like it's not fun and it's nobody's fucking business really so yeah that's that's my rant on that leave Ben Affleck alone let him be Bruce Wayne and (laughs) be fucking good at it because he's gonna be so yeah um I am actually I, I was very nervous about um, Ben Affleck being cast as Batman because you know the last superhero role we know him from of course is Daredevil which was crap uh, but so far everything I've seen um, having to do with Ben Affleck and Batman vs Superman looks amazing so uh, I, I hope I hope that we get stronger writing than we did from Man of Steel and, and supposing we do we're probably golden this could be a really good movie. Um, there was another shot that I saw that I didn't put in here. I think it was actually the cover from that photo shoot for Entertainment Weekly, um, which also features Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman sort of standing in the middle of the Trinity. She still looks way too fucking tiny. Like, she still looks way, way not, too small. Not Wonder Woman-esque. Yeah, she looks... Not, not an Amazon. Yeah, she looks like a Wonder Woman cosplay. Gotcha. We'll have to see how that goes. I mean... I, yeah. I don't know. Um, we talked this one to death, I it, think. And like I said before, um, it, as long as she plays the character well, it's probably going to be fine. And I won't notice after, you know, three minutes of the movie, but we'll see. Yeah, it's it's just DC being DC about it and not realizing mm. how to use the properties they have. And we've talked about that probably to death. So on to more 
satisfying news. How about that still shot that we got a Deadpool? Oh man. I have such a comic boner for this movie. Like I am so excited. This this uh has the potential to be probably one of my favorite comic book movies of all time. And the still we're talking about is uh the first full pick of uh Deadpool in costume and the costume looks fucking amazing. So um yeah, just really super stoked for this. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Um, I I think it's definitely Ryan Reynolds in it. Yeah, um, because I don't think Ryan Reynolds is the kind of guy that's not going to be in the costume if he can help it at all. Right. Um, what I really like about it is on his little little utility belt thing that he's got there, um, is the buckle is the actual it's the the Deadpool symbol. And I, I hate to be that guy, you know, I hate to be that guy that like just super overanalyzes everything. But I mean, when you contrast this with some of the things that we've seen from uh, that, some of the DC pictures that like the either Donna Justice or the Suicide Squad movie and stuff like that, like for everything that DC has done wrong with those, Marvel is doing right with Deadpool and Fox. I got to give Fox credit, too, because this isn't this is a, a Marvel pick, per se, but a, a Marvel property that's being done by Fox. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we talked about this, I think on the last episode about Ryan Reynolds being probably the perfect guy to play the Merc with the mouth and how he basically got shit on in the, uh, Wolverine origins movie. So totally. Um, another thing I want to point out that I really like, um, about this costume is he's got the white eyes. Like they, they didn't decide to go with eyes. They actually went with an eye cover in the costume, unless that's, you know, going to be CG'd in or something later, but I doubt it. Um, which totally looks fine. Like, uh, I hope not. Um, I, I, it makes me wish even more that they would go that same route with Batman, even when he's outside of the tank suit. And you could actually, there's a lot of excuses why you could do that with Batman, because, you know, he's got some sort of rad lens technology in there, especially an older Batman, so. Because there's any fucking number of Wayne tech that he could use to do that with, so. Yeah. So, I, and I don't really care. I don't really care what the excuse is for it. I, I just want to have the white eyes in the in the Batman movie. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so yeah, it's just the one shot so far, but uh, we'll we'll post it in the show notes. Go check it out. It's 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 cool. I like it. I'm I'm excited about where this is is going. Yeah. Um. So somebody posted on Reddit the other day, and I think this is absolutely brilliant. Is the Deadpool movie has to open with Deadpool looking straight at this camera and basically telling you that th this is not a little kid movie and to take your fucking kids out of the theater right now. Like, um, and going from there, which I, I think would be perfect. Yeah, he's got to, he's got to break the fourth wall, like right off the bat. And, and that's probably a good way to do it. Yeah. I, I would also kind of like him to like talk to us and set us up like where we're at, you know, why, where we're starting, where we're at. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's, I mean, Deadpool comics are, are good for stuff like that. There's any number of awesome uh, uh, things they could do with that. So super um, excited for that. Okay, let's do one more yeah. casting yeah. shebang thingy. Um, so we've got uh, Elektra cast for Daredevil. That's uh, Netflix's Daredevil. Um, and it's Elodie Young uh, cast as Elektra, who I have uh, never heard of. Yeah, me neither. She's French, apparently. Yeah, and uh, she's apparently was in GI Joe as Jinx. Um, but she she oh is that who that is? Okay, they got a good side by side. I've actually seen that movie. <laughs> uh, in the link that we'll post, they got a good side by side of her standing next to her comic counterpart, and she looks she looks really good for the part. So, um, it, at least if nothing else, the looks are definitely there. She definitely looks like Electra. But I I'm interested to see this because we need something to get the other Electra out of our brains further. Like just make it go away. You know, nobody should have to remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Because if the, if the Daredevil movie wasn't bad enough, they went and did an Electra movie afterward, <laughs> which, which took a character that was actually somewhat tolerable from Daredevil and made it terrible. So is it not amazing a little bit uh, that they managed to even get an Electra movie made after how bad uh, Daredevil was? Yeah, I have no idea how much lobbying was done to do that. Um, I can... And it, it's it's so bad because they included so many good characters in the Electra movie that, like, 
it almost couldn't fail and they still managed to fail <laughs> yeah it was bad i'm not sure what what do you think on a scale of um which one was worse uh the electra movie or catwoman um i'm gonna give that one to catwoman since i've never actually even seen it yeah same i haven't seen it either maybe i, I, I refused maybe, like i just same maybe one of these days i'll get like super drunk and go watch it that way i'll only remember parts of it maybe we should all right we should watch it and podcast as we're watching it oh there you go like uh ms mst 3k yeah yeah i think we could do it totally we probably don't even really need sound uh no for the movie (laughs) (laughs) so um yeah check out check out our our well not our article the hollywood reporters article of uh of the electric casting it's uh uh i i honestly i've never seen her act so that's that's the only thing i can say is uh, she looks the part i i i assume they're still it's a marvel production thing so i assume that she'll have to be able to act somehow yeah um I just hit her up on IMDb, and she was also in The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, which is probably the only other thing that you'd recognize her from. And uh, that was an awesome movie, so I'm excited. I actually haven't seen it. Yeah. Uh, Well, let's see. Yeah, she was in the 2011, which I'm pretty sure was the U.S. version. And and actually... Daniel Craig, is that? Yeah, I actually really like that movie, so... And, and pretty much, I cannot remember anything bad as far as acting went in that movie. So, although I don't remember her specifically, I doubt it was terrible. Yeah, I have this thing where I don't... I tend to try and not watch movies that are based on books until I've read the book first. Mm-hmm. And in this particular instance, I have the second book to that series, but not the first one. So I've never <laughs> <laughs> never even started it. Um, it's good. Um, but it is what it is. Fun, funny enough, I've seen the movie have not read the books um but i've heard they're great so i should probably put that on my list of should i gotta read at some point yeah um should we do why don't you talk a bit uh... oh one more we'll get one more almost semi-fluff story and then we'll uh you can talk about convergence so oh we're gonna go with the yeah we should, just because th- there's a couple of stories like this that really piss me off. Okay, so what we're talking about is um, TV Land uh, had to pull the Dukes of Hazard, and when I say had to, I, I assume they just did of their own accord, uh, over the whole Confederate flag controversy. Um, that shit's retarded. Am I, I, I assume I'm not alone in thinking that. The, yeah, it's bullshit. Um, there's, so there's, there's actually two pieces of the story um there's three links two pieces really though uh one is that in in close succession to tv land pulling the dukes of hazard over the confederate flag thing warner brothers or warner entertainment has also gone out and said that they will not be producing any more toys of dukes of hazard like with the general lee and the and the with the confederate flag on it so here's the thing and this is just one man's opinion um in no armed conflict ever when it when it comes to a battle for territory has the losing side ever been able to to keep flying its flag after they lost it just doesn't happen um in this case with the civil war and the in the confederate flag we let it happen and at this point 150 years later or whatever it was uh, it's kind of our fault, and I just threw that number out there. I just am too tired to do math right now to figure out how many years ago it actually was. So yell at me, don't yell at me. I don't care. But it is what it is. Um, it's they've been using that flag um, in different states in the South and in the Dukes of Hazard and other media things for more years than I've been alive, um, and probably most of us have been alive. And it's one of those things that it's. Why make a big deal out of it now when we let it get to this point in the first place? I mean, it, it is it is our fault as a nation that we let this get to where it is. Um, and I don't think pulling a TV show that was actually pretty good for its time is the answer. 
So my problem with this is that uh, if you don't uh, learn from history, you repeat it. And so one of the ways you learn from history is by allowing it to exist. Um, the the close parallel that I can think of that is if you go back and watch some of the Disney cartoons from the the early Disney, uh, as in you know twenties, thirties, forties, etc. There's some really racist shit in there. Like uh, I think on Peter Pan, for example, the way it portrays the Native Americans is is now you know considered completely racist. And in a lot of the cuts of the movie, um, there's sort of a beginning slide in here that says you know basically some of these things are are you know not the uh, views that Disney holds today, but we feel it'd be wrong to remove it. Um, and I, that's, I completely agree with that. Um, so I think that removing stuff like this and there was another one. Um, I want to say it was on the app store on the Apple app store. Apple pulled a civil war game um, because of course it featured the Confederate flag, which to me again is just idiotic. Uh, why why would we pretend like this hasn't existed for the past 150 years or or in the case of the apple thing with the civil war you know why would we pretend like the confederate flag wasn't in the civil war so i'm not even sure as a developer what they're supposed to do are they supposed to go take the flag out of the game and pretend that the civil war guys were all north koreans or something um or the south were all portrayed by north koreans and stuff i have no idea um but it just seems like whitewashing history is, is not the way that society moves forward Okay, one more thing on this, as far as my opinion goes. Uh, is freedom of expression not still a thing? Like, um, as deplorable as I think flying the Confederate flag is in this day and age and what the Confederate flag stands for, um, if you want to fly it in your own personal residence, in your own personal, you know, whatever, go for it. Uh, that that's sort of one of the founding, or one of the things that this country is founded on. Now, should you, as an elected official, uh, um, for the state or government be able to fly your flag at, at the government uh, building? Uh, of course not. Uh, the the uh, Confederacy was a, uh, a very, you know, sort of big black eye on um, the, our nation's history. And just like you said earlier, how often do we allow uh, um, the losing side of an armed conflict uh, to fl continue to fly their flag? Uh, the answer is never. Um, wh why would we do that? So, um, should should we have Confederate flags um, in in uh, government offices? Uh, definitely not. Should you be allowed to have them in your personal res residence? Sure, why not? Um, should you um, pretend like it never existed? Uh, def definitely not. So, incredibly silly, stupid controversy this this week out of this thing. So, anywho, that's my rant. Yeah. It's it's my it's my personal feeling as well. Um, having watched the Dukes of Hazard as a child growing up, um, there there was not an agenda promoting racism or anything like that throughout the Dukes of Hazard. The show was made in the seventies, so there's obviously some seventies references and things like that. But it's not a it's not a show that that promotes racism or anything else. In fact, there's usually a moral at the end of the story um, when it comes to the, to that show. Um, so the fact that one cable network decided to pull it in its entirety because of a symbol on a car that ultimately isn't actually the point of the show, as fun as it is, uh, it's a pretty telling sign of where our hearts and minds are when it comes to actually delivering entertainment to, to the masses. I will go ahead and, and give CMT kudos because they have not pulled reruns of Dukes of Hazzard. <laughs> so... Yeah. You know, um, the the other thing I think here is that, uh, and I don't want to get too apologists about it, but um, I think for a lot of people, especially a lot of people from the South, I don't think the the Confederate flag for them is necessarily a symbol of racism. Um, I think it's just a, a Southern uh, a thing. I think it's a Southern symbolic, you know, thing um, where they probably don't consciously connect it to racism in their mind. So I can get why people would be offended by it, and I still agree that it shouldn't be flown in public offices and stuff like that, but. Um, I think a lot of people are probably looking on it um, more harshly than is necessary. Of course, I'm saying that as a white guy, you know, white straight male, so maybe my opinion doesn't really count for much here, but yeah. No, I'll, I'll go you one further even and say that um, there was probably a good number of people that fought on the side of the Confederate Army um, that didn't agree with slavery and such that, I mean, it was... Yeah, for the most part, it was really about 
the states being sovereign and their right to govern their own their own people um, within their borders without interference from the federal government. Um, well, was slavery an issue there? Yeah, it was, and that was part of the the driving force. But ultimately, there was there was probably people that were still siding on the side of the Confederates just because of the their their mindset that it should be their right to govern their state regardless of, of federal influence see um and there's still people that feel that way today yeah and i think that's sort of the way they frame it but I, it was about slavery i mean the the civil war really was in large part about slavery and probably it's it's framed to be about state rights and things like that but um the only reason i think we were having that discussion is because we wanted to outlaw slavery um so yeah I, you know, I, I don't disagree. I think state rights is important, but there comes a time when, you know, the, the law of the land needs to supersede. And, and some of these things I do not think should be uh, um, decided by um, democracy, uh, uh, you know, sort of straight democracy where everybody votes because uh, society left to their own devices there can do some pretty terrible things. So that's why we yeah. have a three-legged system. We're kind of seeing the system. same thing right now with uh, with marriage equality being... Uh, essentially mandated by the by the supreme court and i don't particularly have a problem with it i don't think that that's um a bad thing but i know there's lots of people that i've heard feedback on um that talk about you know the states voted to outlaw and should it should remain in the power of the states and this that and the other thing and i mean at the end of the day the only thing i have to say about it is this um matters of constitutionality constitutia you'll have to edit this constitutionality (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um uh, in matters of of treating people as as though they're equal uh should never be put up to a vote in the first place oh and that's 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 the most political i'm going to get on that but um it's just it to me it's as simple as that like uh it's it, it's no different um than giving people rights to practice their religion um and you know religion is a choice whether you believe that there's there's a god or whether you don't or anything else like ultimately you as an individual decide this is what i believe and this is what i what i'm going to do and we afford religious people those freedoms to make that choice um based on a i mean to have those rights based on a choice that they make um so whether you're not whether you believe that being gay is a choice or whether you believe that you're you're born that way um ultimately we should afford them the same rights that we were for, uh, afford, you know, religious people or, or otherwise. So, and that's yeah, about as far as I'll go on that. I think a lot of the people that conflate the whole uh, we should all get a vote or state rights things when it comes to matters of human equality like uh, gay marriage, segregation, etc. Um, sort of forget the fact that we started this country based on, you know, the, the ideas of a small group of people by saying essentially that certain things were inalienable, uh, um, certain rights were inalienable um, to all men and, you know, women, of course, um, uh, and that uh, some of those things shouldn't be left up to a popular vote um, because when left up to a popular vote, we got the very thing we were fleeing from. Um, so, yeah, you just... It matters of equality and things like that are generally not good to let society decide on because in this in cases like this you can see societies built mostly on what's familiar and comfortable, not necessarily what's uh the yeah. right thing to do. Um, so Yeah, and I'm I'm not upset that we that that we have laws protecting uh certain groups of people. I'm upset that we have to have those laws in the first place. Oh yeah. That's that's the part that irritates me more than anything else. Um, when left to our own devices, we do things like consider black people three-fifths of a human being. Yeah. You know, um, that that wasn't in the Constitution. That was something that a law that man created at one point. And we we actually lived by that shit for however long. And, um, you know, according to the folks on Duck Dynasty, uh, people were happy with it. Yeah. But, you know, what do I know? Yeah. So, <laughs> anyway. Uh, yeah. No, it sucks. We want to watch Dukes of Hazard. Come on. Okay, so uh, why don't we talk about, um, or let you talk about, Convergence? I'm going to do that, but first I'm going to grab a beer. Have fun. All right. Are you all clean and sober tonight? Yep. I drank the last of my beer I'm, last uh, night. currently drinking a... Sierra Nevada Torpedo IPA. 
Um, previously to that, I was drinking a Sierra Nevada Hop Hunter IPA. Ah, good stuff. It is um, ridiculous, ridiculous, and expensive this weekend too. I was at uh, Fred Meyer um, Friday. Yeah, Friday after work, I stopped by and I picked up the Hop Hunter for like fourteen ninety nine for the twelve pack, and then I uh, went back on Sunday to Safeway and. Ended up getting a twelve pack of torpedo for thirteen ninety nine even so, not bad, um, not too bad. So yeah, conversions. Um, just gonna have to let you go here because I still haven't read any of it. No, and honestly, um, I don't even know that you have to. <laughs> That's. I spent a lot of time reading a lot of it, and at the end of the day, um, when it came down to it, I ended up reading. So I read the first issue of all of the. 20 tie-ins that they did for it yeah um and after reading the first issue i knew precisely which ones i wanted to read the second issues of and so i did um ultimately they weren't super duper important to the overall story um so they're they're completely optional if you do decide you're, you're going to read it um kind of pick and choose the ones that you want to um for your entertainment uh but not because don't don't feel like you're obligated to to understand where the story is going because it's it's absolutely not that it's it's really not important at all um the eight issue actual main series uh kind of interesting um ultimately what we get out of it though is kind of more of the same after everything's all said and done there's no longer 52 titles so it's no longer the new 52 uh, I think they went with like 45 titles or something like that. Um, kind of makes me sad that some things got axed. Um, I'm a big Green Lantern fan, and we still have an ongoing Green Lantern series as part of it. We still have the Sinestro um, solo series, which is probably one of my favorite DC books right now because it's it's good. Um, and then there's a new Green Lantern series out. The Green Lantern core series was discontinued after Convergence, and we have Green Lantern the Lost Army, um, where there's a small group of Green Lanterns that are actually in search of the rest of the Green Lanterns, <laughs> including um, Oa and, I assume, the Guardians and all that good stuff. So, uh, kind of interested to see where that goes. The Justice League um, series uh, is is still running after Convergence, and it's still being penned by Jeff Johns, uh, which I'm a super big fan of. And it actually, I think, is probably going to lead into an event that's going to be a little bit more cataclysmic to the DC Universe than uh, Convergence was. Uh, it's the Dark Side War, and it's it's basically a war between the Anti-Monitor, who we all know um, from Crisis on Infinite Earths, and then Infinite Crisis. Um, and he's, he's reared his ugly head a couple of other times. Um, and Dark Side uh, from the Planet Apocalypse. So... Uh, this particular event that's taking place right now, currently just in the Justice League book, I think, is is shaping up to be, to me, more interesting than Convergence was. Um, and this is, I'm not taking anything away from what Convergence did. I just think it probably wasn't 100% necessary uh, to do a giant event like that and take up two and a half months of my time. <laughs> so... Um, if I'm understanding correctly, is Convergence sort of like uh, New 52 was? Like, is it an excuse or a way that they, um, you know, have a story for axing, you know, the the seven books or whatever? Or, um... Yeah, they kind of made it out to be like a crisis-level event that wasn't going to have crisis-level repercussions. Um, which, I mean... Honestly, why bother if you're? I mean, if you're going to do a crisis level event and then have it fall flat at the end intentionally, why? Why do it? But um, I don't know. And and there were there were good parts of it. I think there was some good dialogue between some of the characters. In fact, one of the main characters through the the initial the core eight book series um, is a Dick Grayson who never had superpowers. He's just Dick Grayson. Or I guess Dick Grayson is not superpowers. He was a Dick Grayson that never was a superhero or a sidekick or anything like that. He's just a normal dude. Um, and basically the the eight issues are kind of told from his perspective through the whole thing. And and that part I thought was really interesting. Um, and I kind of wish they would do more things like that more often. Just, I mean, don't make me feel like I got to read 40 other books to get the, <laughs> the gist of it. Because otherwise I would really just probably read the the core series. Um, currently I'm in 
I'm I'm just about ready to start Secret Wars. Secret Wars started a little bit later, so I'm not quite as far behind. Um, and, and I should be able to catch up on quite a bit of that um, by the time we podcast next. That is if I don't distract myself by reading um, a whole bunch of Angel and Buffy comics, which I did over the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, for anybody out there that's watched Angel or Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Oh, yeah. No, just on the Angel and Buffy topic, for anybody out there that, that is a fan of those shows, um, there was there was a series called Angel After the Fall that was that was published for a while. The first, I believe, 17 issues of that are actually considered canon within the, the, the quote-unquote Buffyverse. And it was pretty well written because Joss Whedon had a little bit of input on that. And so the dialogue for the characters is actually pretty spot on. Um, and then later on, they, they started doing the Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and the comic books now have taken on seasons. So um, Buffy Season 8 is an entire comic series, and they're doing Buffy Season 9, and now they're on 10. Um, and at least Season 8 so far, which I'm 10 issues into at this point, really well written as far as the dialogue with the characters. Like, you, if you're familiar enough with the series, you can read the comic book, and you can hear their voices and it's totally believable that they would be delivering that dialogue, um, which is a far cry better than some of the, than, than the ongoing star Wars series from Marvel right now, because I read the first three issues of that so far. And it's kind of a nightmare trying to actually picture Leia and Luke and Han saying the things that they're saying in those <laughs> comic books. Um, anyway, different story for a different day, but convergence, um, good story. Don't feel obligated to read all the tie-ins. If you if you really want to know what happens, just read the 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 eight initial core books, and and you could be done with it after that. All right, not bad. Um, Final Fantasy. We're talking about really that. Have much else going on? Yeah. Um, so one thing that actually we we it didn't get talked about uh, last week um, is I actually have a plan to start replaying some of my favorite. Uh, RPGs, uh, PlayStation mostly, um, RPGs from uh, my my younger days. It's going to take me a little bit longer because I have family and kids and all that crap that they like my attention as well. But uh, I started the process with a game that was pretty heavy on my mind after last week's episode anyway, and that was Final Fantasy VII. So I'm playing the original PS1 version. Um, Not very far into it right now. Um, I've had to leave town uh, for most of last weekend. Uh, this weekend we had the holiday kind of in there, so my my uh, days off haven't actually been spent doing day off things. They've been spent um, either cleaning the house because I haven't been here for two days, or getting ready to leave for two days, or or what have you. Um, so if you're familiar with the game, I'm actually just past the part where you help escort Eris out of the little um, church building that she grows her flowers in, and um, I basically saved the game right outside of of her little house and haven't gone through that portion of, of uh cutscenes yet it's funny you're playing retro games um i'm doing the same thing although a little bit different so actually first question are you playing it did, did you actually dig out a ps1 or are you playing it on an emulator oh i have i have all of my original ps1 final fantasy games oh right and then uh, uh, i'm playing them on my ps3 my ps3 um even though it's not a first gen ps3 it's still backward compatible with the ps1 discs just not ps2 so yeah. um i'm good to go with final fantasy one all the way up through um, nine. Nice. Except for three, because three only was released in the states on the on the DS, and I don't I don't have a copy of that. Um. So I just I did I'm doing the same thing actually. I, I it, although this is never a game that I ever played before, but um, I was bored the other day and looking for something to do, so I downloaded an emulator on um my phone, and I've been playing the shit out of uh uh the Zelda Minish Cap game. Um. So that's been a ton of fun. Um. But yeah, I was kind of surprised how good the gameplay is, um, because I think we've already kind of had this discussion, or this discussion's been had about a million times, if not by us, then by you know plenty of people. Graphics aren't what makes the game, um, so it's kind of surprising going back to how incredibly simplistic uh, this game is graphically, and and even the control schemes. You know, on the on the particular version, they only had the two you know sort of bumper buttons a d-pad and then a and b um but the game's still a lot of fun so and it still very much feels like a core zelda game um but yeah 
I guess that's maybe easier for me which, and my which old Zelda game is it? Uh, Minish Cap, I think. Yeah, it's Minish Cap. It's uh, originally for. I don't for, know if I've ever even heard of that. It's one. originally a Game Boy Advance game. Which actually, the, um, we have a Wii U. We got the kids a Wii U for Christmas this year, and uh, this is one of the things that I realized that I want more than anything right now is a decent Zelda game for the Wii U. Um, yeah, Zelda games were one of my favorites growing up. Um, the original Zelda, my brother and I played the crap out of it. He was always better than than I was because uh, he actually had a Nintendo, whereas I did not. But, <laughs> um. I, I remember spending a lot of summer days while his mom was, you know, sleeping after working the graveyard shift and my dad was at work, you know, at the middle all day, sitting in front of that TV playing playing the shit out of Zelda. Uh, I actually really liked uh, the second one. Yeah. Link's Adventure, uh, which was kind of a... Um, I, I want to say it was maybe one of the first ventures into the action RPG series. Yeah. Kind of the way it, it, it had, it had, uh, it had random encounters within it. And so it made it almost a little bit more RPG like than the original Zelda, which was, you know, the, obviously the overhead view with the little sword. Yeah. Um, and yes, those are my sound effects. My first, um, um, my first big, uh, introduction into Zelda was Ocarina of Time from I think that was 64 remember me and yeah. my buddy got that and we played that game for two weeks solid pretty much every waking moment we had um, and we would do the thing where we'd play a little bit switch the controller so he could play a little bit and we would go back and forth um, but we played that for two weeks solid until we beat it and that that's probably one of my favorite video game memories ever so um, Ocarina of Time is is a ridiculously good game. Um, it's one of the few things Definitely. that the 64 really had going for it. Um, where it was the Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask were, were both right up there. Um, those are two of my favorite Zelda games. Probably my all-time favorite is the um, Link to the Past from Super Nintendo. Yeah. Because it was... Um, it was kind of a callback to um, the original overhead gameplay that we lost with, with, you know, Link's Adventure and, you know, but with updated graphics and it was a bigger game. It was a much bigger game than, um, than the first Zelda. And well, I don't know if I can say bigger. I mean, Zelda, Zelda takes a long time to get through if you really just do everything step by step and, and try to beat the, the castles in order. Uh, my brother and I have been through it so many times that we used to go through and, you know, we knew where, you know, the Book of Magic was and this, that, and the other thing. So we'd go to those dungeons, not to beat the dungeon because we couldn't beat the final boss at the end with how low level our character was, <laughs> but just to get items within those castles that would help us get through the other stuff even faster. Um, yeah. So, uh, but Ocarina of Time was a fantastic game. I actually kind of, every once in a while, been picking up Twilight Princess and playing it. I don't have the GameCube edition. I actually have the Wii edition of it because um, it's one of the few games that was done for both systems. Yeah, um, I do have the Wii edition of it, um, and I should probably get back into that because I, I never beat that one. Um, but yeah, that was a fun game, but uh, it it wasn't quite, and pro probably because a lot of uh, playing Zelda for me was nostalgia, but it wasn't quite as good as uh, Ocarina was. So yeah, anyway, no, I I think I would agree with that assessment so far. Yeah, I want them. I I want a kick-ass Wii U Zelda game. Or even better, like, if, uh, well, I don't know if this is better, depending on your love of Nintendo or not, but there's been a lot of rumor about Nintendo getting out of the hardware business and doing something with their IP, you know, like seeing um, uh, uh, Nintendo IP on iPhones and Android and stuff like that, um, which, you know, wouldn't be so bad, because I'd love to get an officially supported um, iOS version of, you know, a new Zelda game. Um, but seeing Zelda on a more modern system and seeing what they could do uh, with a more modern system would be fun. Although, you know, that's sort of pie in the sky. And I, again, Zelda's never really been about graphics, but I just feel like they could make a really immersive, awesome game on a better system. Yeah, you know, the whole Nintendo thing is, is kind of bizarre um, just in terms of their hardware development, things like that. In fact, your brother-in-law um, posted on Facebook recently an article about uh, the original prototype. Uh, oh, the Nintendo PlayStation? That was... 
Yeah, the it was the the Super Nintendo CD is what I think is what gonna it was gonna be called, or that was the working name. Um, and it was a basically basically a PlayStation, but it had Nintendo controllers and logos all over it. Um, and then the gist of the article is basically Sony put a lot of work into it, and Nintendo uh, made an announcement shortly after that they were partnering with a completely different hardware vendor. <laughs> so yeah. That that I thought was an, a pretty neat story, um, but yeah, Nintendo Nintendo was never a big fan of the disc format. They preferred cartridges because it reduced load time, um, but it also reduced quality and you know of graphics and stuff like that in, in a good number of ways. So yeah, it's kind of doesn't surprise me. It's kind of sad because um, and especially in the new the new age, you know, and say the past fifteen years, Nintendo really hasn't been about the graphics and things like that. Um, but now they're having such a tough tough time to compete because their systems are so far away from the other two, um, the PS4 and the the Xbox One, that it's almost impossible to do a port. Um, to Nintendo's platform, so consequentially, of course, there's practically no Wii U games. Um, so it's kind of sad because I think for a long time Nintendo had survived not by being the best graphically, but by making the best games. And now I don't think that uh, the current audience it cares so much about making the best games as they do having you know a more graphically um, pleasing game. So yeah, I I remember when the first Wii actually was was coming out, and I saw the news. Uh, there was there was news footage of you know these little Japanese guys you know with their waving their wands around and I was like man that is incredibly cool but who's ever going to want to write software for that and lo and behold not many people yeah so um, so yeah um, I'll be I'll be continuing to play Final Fantasy VII um, updating everybody on on my progress so far uh, don't absolutely don't be surprised if next week when we do this i'm still in the same spot <laughs> so um just warning warning everybody right now um, i have my brother's wedding to go to this weekend again so again i'll be out of town and not doing normal day off things so um also speaking of my brother big shout out congratulations buddy uh, by the time you hear this you'll already be married so good on you congratulations mass brother Rob. His name is Rob, if anybody wants to know. Yeah, congratulations, Rob. Um, so, uh, yeah. What else you got? You watching Stargate? No, I haven't done really anything. Um, I, I did a lot of yard work the other day when I could have been watching Stargate, but, you know, it's getting sort of forest levels out in my yard right now, so I kind of had to. Um, huh. Yeah, yeah, I can... It, it actually did okay, remind me really of understand a that. little bit of Jurassic World. Like, I expected raptors would come, you know, out of the bush any time, but... Chicken-sized yeah. raptors. <laughs> um. Alright, so, um, we calling it? Um, I don't know. Did we do anything else that we were supposed to do from the last episode? You didn't watch any Stargate? I don't think I've listened to Volbeat yet, either. No. I listened to a little bit of Volbeat, um... It's okay. It's not really what I'm into, um, but it wasn't too bad. Um, so, so here's here's my impression with the few songs that I have listened to. I kind of felt like I was listening to Bane harmonize. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can see that. Um, musically, I think I, I think musically it's probably really good music. Uh, you know, from a technical standpoint you know as far as you know being able to play your instruments with precision and all that good stuff but um lyrically and and i don't mean the lyrics themselves i just mean how they're delivered just like this guy's this guy's got one of the funkiest voices i've heard and i don't necessarily know that that's a good thing so <laughs> um i you want you know what i you know what i dug out though i dug out some uh alter bridge stuff and started listening to it recently because i i listened to uh an interview with Mark Tremonti on uh, on Chris Jericho's podcast, uh, Talk is Jericho, and listen to him talk about, you know, the different bands that he's in and, and you know, how piss poor the reunion with Creed went this last time um, and all that good stuff. And I, I found myself really wanting to listen to him play because he's a really good musician, but I couldn't bring myself to dig out any Creed records. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to listen to some Alter Branch. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I don't think I could listen to Creed anymore either. Maybe My Own Prison, the first Creed album, wasn't that bad. But it, it got amazingly worse after that. But uh, yeah, no, I always liked Tremonti. Um, and Alter Bridge is pretty good stuff. Maybe I should listen to that because I think the first time around I probably only kind of glanced through um, um, it, it, that the first album they put out. And I don't think I've listened to anything since. So... Maybe that's one of the things. Yeah, I they've got like five records, five studio records, I think, and then a couple live albums that are out now. So, um, haven't listened to all of it by any means uh, yet because I just kind of dug it out the other day. But um, I'm I'm enjoying it so far. Uh, the 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 entertaining part of that podcast and this is just like a little piece of it. So if anybody wants to listen to uh, to the interview in its entirety. Um, Go to uh, jump on podcast one or iTunes and, and just look up Takas Jericho and find the Mark Money podcast because it's good. But he does talk about um, conflict between him and Scott Staff when they were on their last tour um, and how at one point they were playing Indonesia and Scott Staff hadn't talked to him in basically several days at that point. And then before they were supposed to go to a press conference, right before they were supposed to do a press conference apparently he exploded and started telling Tremonti how much he didn't deserve Creed and this that and the other thing and I was just thinking man I don't think he wants it yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean because uh, the impression that I got and, and I think that Mark Tremonti took away from it too was the reason that the staff was mad at him in the first place is because he approached him and they went they went into uh, they went to lunch together I guess and um he basically asked Mark Tremonti, he said, hey, what, what are your plans for January? And Tremonti was like, well, I already told you I'm going to the studio to record with Alderbridge or Tremonti. I don't remember which band it was because he got a couple of them, uh, which is why, you know, he said, this is why we're supposed to be wrapping the tour up by December and this, that, and the other thing. And um, Scott Staff was like really offended that he wasn't going to just drop everything he'd done for the last seven years and just make Creed his main priority anymore. Um, but I mean, Jesus, would you? Yeah. Uh, you know, you want to believe there's two sides to every story, except for let's Scott Staff is such a douchebag. Like, I've never read or heard anything positive about or that that made me believe Scott Staff was anything other than a giant douchebag. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm sure that's probably pretty close. I'm sure it's probably Scott Staff saying, not Creed, but I should be the center of your world, even though you know we haven't talked in forever. And you're moving on to, you know, different things. So, yeah, you know, in order, in order of, of who you should believe within a band, um, it, it kind of a singer, songwriter, guitar player ranks near the top. Then you have just your guitar player. Then you have your bass player. Then you have your drummer. And then the absolute last person that you should believe in these cases is the guy who only sings. The, the front man don't ever fucking buy what the front man's selling because <laughs> we've all seen rockstar yeah. we know exactly how little the front man has to do with anything <laughs> uh, so anyway yeah. that's music talk for today yeah. uh that was that was basically it's been it's been a weird couple of weeks so not really a ton going on with entertainment and a shit pot load of stuff going on um with having to be in the car for six hours on a weekend or three hours at a time so all right we good i think we're good uh don't forget to hit us up um at whatever show on twitter uh questions at whatever.co if you want to email us questions um and whatever show on facebook thanks everybody